Opening day at Big 12 Media Days. Welcome in. Steelman and Thune at noon right here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. I'm here inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. we got Parker Thune down at Jerry World in Arlington. Again, opening day at Big 12 Media Days. Mike Gundy and the Cowboys will be uh, meeting the media here in about half an hour. Uh, Mike Gundy's presser at 1235 will bring you some of that live. Uh, Spencer Sanders, Brennan Presley, Brock Martin, and Tyler Lacey representing the Cowboys today on day one. Day two tomorrow, the Sooners will meet the press. Brent Venables will uh, have his presser coming up on the podium at 10.35 tomorrow morning. Dylan Gabriel, Woody Washington, Marvin Mims, Ethan Downs representing OU tomorrow at Big 12 Media Day. So, Parker, what's it like down there so far? Well, I'll tell you what, Mike, uh, the most important development of the day is that Kansas made it this year, which is more than we could say last year. So Lance Leipold cracked a joke about it when he was coming to the podium. He said, "Eh, it's nice to be here for the first time. Haven't gotten the chance to do this yet. So all 10 teams should be here for the first time since 2019. Uh, We have already heard from Leipold as well as Dave Aranda, and they are literally introducing Kansas State head coach Chris Kleiman right now. So we are about halfway through the festivities here on day one of Big 12 Media Days. Obviously the Sooners, as you mentioned, Mike, uh, are set to take their respective podiums tomorrow. We did hear from the new commissioner. Bob Bowlesby was still there sitting next to the new commissioner who met the media today, Brett Yormark, who comes from Rock Nation. He was the COO there. And uh, I like this outside-the-box hire by the Big 12. And here is what Brett Yormark had to say today about uh, looking at the future and uh, kind of a new-look, new-approach Big 12. One thing is for sure, there is no doubt the Big 12 is open for business. We will leave no stone unturned to drive value for the conference. Just as I pledge to the board, we will be bold and humble, aggressive and thoughtful, and innovative and creative, all in an effort to position the conference in a way that not only grows the Big 12 brand and business, but makes us a bit more contemporary. Although there will be challenges ahead, Bob has left me an incredible foundation to build upon. So you kind of hear what, uh, you know, uh, Brett Yormark is saying there, and uh, we got to be more contemporary, man. We've got to be more hip. We can't be old Bob Bowlesby anymore, right? What, what were your impressions of what uh, Brett Yormark had to say in his uh, introductory statement today and uh, answering some questions? Well, he said what had to be said, Mike, which is the Big 12 is open for business. That had to be clearly established. There couldn't be any beating around the bush in that regard because in the day and age that we are living in, when the SEC and Big 10 have positioned themselves to be the super conferences in college football, the Big 12 is going to have to fend for itself, and it's going to have to do some wheeling and dealing. It's going to have to make some moves if it wants to survive because we are – encroaching upon a point in time in history like which we may eventually see the dissolution of one or more of the power five conferences if those conferences don't take the requisite steps to preserve their competition and their level of play so uh, your mark said what needed to be said now the question is can he do- can he do what needs to be done yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I do like the hire. It's an outside-the-box the kind of hire, but I think the Big 12 needs to think more that way. They have been reactionary 
uh, more than proactive, you know, and uh, that that got them in trouble. That happened, uh, you know, uh, when uh, Dan Beebe was still around, when you lose Missouri and Colorado and uh, Texas A&M and Nebraska. And then once again, they also uh, got uh, the rug pulled out from underneath them with the Oklahoma-Texas move last year. So the Big 12 needs to be more forward-thinking. And I think Brett Yormark looks like he might be that kind of guy. Now, the interesting thing as we look at, you know, this is kind of like getting uh, off the exit ramp towards college football. We've been on the highway, this boring highway, where we're talking about recruiting, and that's fine and everything. And we're kind of going through, all right, what about the preseason team? But this, it almost feels makes it feel like we're, we're getting close. We're getting close to real football again. And Sooner fans, you know, I know they're anticipating this season as much as they have any season uh, to see how Oklahoma looks under the Brent Venables regime. You saw that uh, kind of excitement level with what they did attendance-wise at the spring game. But speaking of the all-conference teams, again, Baylor picked to win the league. The Sooners had one guy, one guy on the All-Big 12 preseason team, and that was their punter, Michael Turk. So, and you sent me some audio uh, last night, Parker, and this is kind of the feeling maybe a little bit, uh, certainly around uh, the nation, I think it's the feeling, but uh, Jeff Ketchum, and that's a, that's a, a name that a lot of people are like, really? But from orangebloods.com, they had on their podcast last night, they were talking specifically about Oklahoma, and this is what uh, Jeff Ketchum, who's a big, obviously, orangebloods.com, big longhorn guy, but they were talking specifically about the Sooners, and here's what he had to say on the current state and possibly the future of Oklahoma football. Oklahoma has, in a, in a way, has the same issue that Texas has. When it goes into the SEC, how ready is it truly going to be for the SEC? Venables is a defensive coach, but he doesn't have the personnel that Georgia and Alabama have. When we go back, when you go back and look every year when it's Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, um, Ohio State, those teams all typically have something in common. Most of them usually have elite quarterback play. But behind all of that, there's tons of NFL talent. And behind all of that are lines on offense and front sevens on defense that are just full of men that shut down mere mortals playing college football. It is There's a reason why Oklahoma's been to the playoffs a number of times under Lincoln Riley and not been able to win a game. That this idea that within three years they'll be in a position to do that, who in the hell is going to – I just – I don't know who in the hell is going to be on the field for them. There you go. What do you think? It sounds like, again, cancel Oklahoma football for the future. You know, they've got one guy on the All-Big 12 team this year. Again, that's Michael Turk, which is kind of crazy when you, you, you figure you've got some pretty good playmakers still around. Marvin Mims would be the one guy to look at first. But uh, what do you think about what Jeff Ketchum is saying there about what's going on right now with Oklahoma football? Well, look, Mike, I try not to outright disparage anybody where possible. So I, I'm going to word this carefully. Actually, you know what? Let me, just, let me just note this up front. The first thing that you heard him do was level the playing field between Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, which is ridiculous. They're not on the Oklahoma, same field right now. Exactly, exactly. To say that those two programs who have been competing on two entirely different levels over the course of the last decade are going to face the exact same problems as they transition from the Big 12 to the SEC. 
that's laughable. And look, I understand that he has a client base that he has to appeal to. And it's reasonable to expect that he would say whatever is necessary to appeal to that client base. But you had to understand, right, that the minute you put that out on social media, the minute you floated that, Oklahoma fans were going to catch on to it and you were going to encounter some pretty significant kickback. I don't know how, unless you're wearing the burnt orange glasses, how you can look at that situation at Oklahoma and look at that situation in Texas and conclude that they are remotely akin to one another because they're not. And oh, he talked about the fact towards the end there that Oklahoma never won a playoff game under Lincoln Riley. You know who has won a few playoff games in his day? You know who has been the architect of a couple of national championship defenses in the college football playoff era? The new guy at Oklahoma, one mm-hmm. Brent Venables. Yep. Well, and that's the thing. And plus, now OU is recruiting with the SEC, and I still think that's a big bonus. I don't think there's any doubt about it. And uh, look, Bama is uh, atop the SEC. Georgia just won a national championship, so it's Bama 1, Georgia 1A. But beyond that, Oklahoma's right there with everybody else. And again, they are hoping, you know what Brent's been talking about, trying to do those things Uh, focusing on the details, all of that stuff to try and take that next step. And the next step needs to be more physicality, better defense. And those are two things I think when you've got Brent Venables now as the head coach, I think that's uh, a likely scenario. And I think when you have the return of Jerry Schmidt as the strength and conditioning coach, uh, you're going to see a more physical football team. So I think Sooner fans can feel good about that. Now, again, are they going to win a national championship in three years? My guess would be that's going to be difficult. Could they do it in five years? Absolutely. But there is no doubt when that uh, when Jeff Ketchum said, Oklahoma and Texas have the same issues heading to the league. No, they don't. Texas has a lot more issues, no doubt. Recruiting and bringing in players is not one of those issues. Developing players and a culture is still a major issue in Austin. And that's the difference uh, right now. And, you know, we, we don't know 100% that Brent Venable's culture is going to work out in Oklahoma. But guess what? If I had to say yes or no and put some money on it, I would definitely put everything on yes. Because, uh, again, I believe in what he's preaching. And I think it's uh, he's the coach they need to head into the Southeastern Conference. But it'll be interesting to see what uh, kind of questions Brent gets tomorrow, how he answers those questions. And uh, Brent's, uh, they may have time for like one or two questions for Brent, right? That's about it. And then <laughs> it's like, all right, we're done. Thank you. Because Brent likes Yeah, I tell you what, yeah. we're uh... – yeah, we're hoping to get a few minutes of Brent live on air tomorrow. That'd be great. Uh, I, ha- I have been told already, right off the bat, by the OU communications staff that uh, it's going to be a tight squeeze. So we may have Brent Venables tomorrow. We may not. At the very least, we will have one or more members of the Oklahoma locker room among the four individuals that are here representing the Sooners. Uh, we will have at least one, if not more of them, join us live on air tomorrow in the 1 o'clock hour. Looking forward to it. We'll have Mike Gundy, uh, a bit of his press conference coming up. Look, there's one guy today, when you think of who's there today, uh, and you have Chris Kleiman meeting the media right now. You had Neil Brown from West Virginia. You had Dave Aranda, the human, you know, the cyborg, half human, half robot. And uh, who else was there today? I'm I'm forgetting the other guy that was there today. Uh, Kleiman. Neil Brown Neil Brown, West Virginia. Yeah, and you've got, obviously, Mike Gundy coming up here in just a little bit. Neil Brown, man, he needs, he needs a big year. 
Graham Harrell coming in as the OC now for the Mountaineers. And Neil Brown, no doubt, I think his job is on the line. So, again, Mike Gundy here in about 20 minutes. Uh, the Cowboys also represented by Spencer Sanders, Brennan Presley, Brock Martin, and Tyler Lacey meeting the media here in just a bit. All right. Uh, thank you to our Big 12 Media Day coverage sponsor, and that would be the one and only Elite Roofing System, serving all of Oklahoma. And uh, your roofing needs, they can be met by Elite Roofing roofing systems free quotes they're bonded and insured affordable pricing give them a call in oklahoma city at 405-361-3094 in tulsa it's 918-984-5475 elite roofing systems or online at eliteroofok.com also thank you to our friend tim lasher and his great company lasher home comfort systems for sponsoring our first hour here on steel man and thune on the home of sooner fans the ref radio network we're coming right back okay coming up here in about 15 minutes mike gundy will meet the media in arlington at jerry world chris Kleiman, kansas state coach is uh meeting the press right now brent venables will be first up tomorrow when the sooners get to jerry world brent's uh, presser tomorrow at 10 35 dylan gabriel big 12 uh, newcomer of the year will be there along with woody washington marvin mims and ethan downs uh, the cowboys again represented by uh, brendan presley Spen- uh, spencer sanders tyler lacy and brock martin meeting the media today we've got uh, parker down there in arlington at jerry world all of our big 12 coverage presented by elite roofing systems locally owned and operated headquartered in norman and tulsa and serving customers in the greater Oklahoma City area now since 2010. Give them a call in Oklahoma City at 405-361-3094 or in Tulsa in the 918. It's 918-984-5475 or EliteRoofOK.com. Why is Oklahoma not favored in this league, Parker? What's going on? I I know that Dave Aranda and Baylor won the championship in that uh, big-time game with that incredible finish uh, last year in, in Oklahoma State again. Uh, they've got Derek Mason coming in as the new D.C. with uh, Jim Knowles moving on. Uh, but the Sooners have, obviously they've got Texas and Dallas, but you also have Baylor at home and you have Oklahoma State at home. So why is Oklahoma not favored to win the league? I mean, look, Mike, bottom line, the reason that they're not favored is because of the number of question marks that there all the are turnover and just how large yeah i mean look brent venables is an outstanding football coach most if not all would agree on that point dylan gabriel's an outstanding quarterback most if not all would agree on that point uh most would concur that marvin mims is going to get the ball a lot more in 2022 that the defense is going to take a quantum leap and that the running game is going to be solid as well. You look at the tempo that Oklahoma's offense will play with, they're poised to give some teams some issues. But I think it boils down to the fact, Mike, that we haven't seen it on the football field yet. So we can speculate and we can make educated guesses and uh, we can make guesses that we think have a very high probability of being 100% correct. But we don't know for a fact what this football team is going to look like until they take the field in the fall. And so I think that's the reason why you see Oklahoma still uh, posted up in the upper echelon of those standings, uh, coming in second in the preseason poll, is that there are too many things that are 
moving favorably in Oklahoma's direction at the moment in terms of coaching and in terms of personnel. There are too many reasons to get excited about this program to expect that they're not going to have success in 2022, but how much success can they realistically have? I think that's the biggest question that the national media has for Oklahoma right now. Yeah, they will win games, but do they win nine games or do they win 11 games? Yeah, and look, I'm not sitting here telling everybody out there I think it's absolutely crazy the Sooners aren't favored to win the league. I can see why, but again, uh, and they didn't win it last year, but you had six in a row. I still think Oklahoma has the best roster in the league, and again, you have Baylor and Oklahoma State at home. Uh, So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, if I had a vote this year and I didn't have a vote this year, I would have picked Oklahoma to win the conference. So uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line is always buzzing. It's always available to you. You guys do an incredible job. We appreciate it every day. 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Jeff Ketchum is a spin machine and a tool. Nothing he says about OU football is believable. Is that the text line or is that you? That's the text line. Uh, I I kind of agree with it, but Big Bad Wolf says, here I'll say it for you, that Texas guy is a moron straight up. All right, uh, what else do we have? Jerry Schmidt will beef up those boys in the trenches. Some of these guys act like we're completely incapable of developing non-skill positions. Yeah, I, I, I look. I love Brent, the higher Brent. I think everybody was ready for that. It was the time, perfect timing for him uh, to come back to Oklahoma. It's, you know, it's a, a better, more improved version of Brent Venables than Oklahoma had the first time around, and that version was pretty darn good. But bringing Jerry Schmidt back is also as big as just about anything that happened after uh, Muleshoe left for L.A. I love that so much, and uh, I think you're going to see a stronger, more physical football team. All right, also back to the Air Comfort Solution text line, 405-651-3439. Hey, Steely, your co-worker picked Oklahoma to win a national championship in three years. Hmm. Well, who knows? Bob Stoops did it in his second year, right? Jim Tressel did it in his second year. Uh, Also, 405, Texas is nowhere near the level of Oklahoma. Can't compare the two. I agree, and that's exactly why we played the soundbite, because I'm like, really? Texas and Oklahoma are in the same predicament heading to the the SEC? No, Texas has much more to figure out than Oklahoma does before the move. Oh, boy. That's the thing, Mike. Right now, you stick Texas in the SEC. They were a five and seven team last year. What would that team have been playing an SEC schedule? It makes you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah, no doubt. You, you stick Oklahoma in the SEC last year. Worst case scenario, they're a seven eight win team. Texas isn't remotely knocking on the door of seven or eight wins. So, again, those two teams are in very different places now. They will face a lot of the same challenges when it comes to recruiting. They will reap the benefits when it comes to recruiting as well. Uh, But it's going to be, look, there's going to be overhaul on both fronts for Oklahoma and Texas. I just, I have a hard time believing, as do many, that Oklahoma is going to be on the same level upon entering the SEC in terms of competition as Texas is, unless things drastically change in the next two years, and they can. You know, and that's the other thing that we uh, you, that you were just touching on when uh, you mentioned, or one of the texters referenced on the Air Comfort Solutions sex line, that Teddy uh, put it out there and predicted that Oklahoma wins mm-hmm. a national championship yep. within three years. Things can change quickly 
if you have the right people and the right culture. That's why you saw Bob Stoops take a team that was, what, 4-8 and eight in 1998 to a 13-0 season and a national championship two years later. The natural question is, is Steve Sarkeesian that guy at Texas? And does he have the people in place around him? Does he have the personnel, the staff, and most importantly, the culture to be able to turn around Texas football to the point where they're not facing a steep bell curve upon entering the SEC that they would be if they made that transition right now. Yeah, the Sooners like have all their stuff packed, ready to go. It's well organized, all of that stuff. Uh, they're ready. Uh, are they ready to go win the league immediately and win a national championship? Well, we'll, we'll find out. But oh, Texas has a bunch of stuff strewn all over the place. They're not packed and ready. It looks very disorganized. There's a big difference between the two. And we'll see. Maybe Sark will have a much better second year. What we saw last year wasn't very good, though. Oh, you nearly won the conference last year with a coach that quit on them a month before the season was over, if not sooner, from the 918 on the Air Comfort Solutions tax line. Yes. Tom Herman doesn't go 5-7 and seven last year. Uh, from the 405, let the Texas guy talk all he wants, but when was the last time Texas won anything enough said? Well, they, they beat Georgia. Sam Ellinger was very fired up about that Sugar Bowl victory. Remember, Texas was supposed to be back, but they, they, they aren't back yet and may not be back for a while. All right, Parker, you know what I'm going to do? I want to break just a little bit early here so we don't miss uh, Mike Gundy's opening statement. He's coming up here uh, at 1235. They've done a pretty good job staying on schedule. In fact, Gundy is still talking with Dusty and uh, – uh, Andre Ware right now, but he's going to be breaking off here at any second. So we'll get our commercial break in, make sure we get as much of Mike Gundy as we can. Again, uh, Mike Gundy will be on the podium here momentarily. The Cowboys, again, have Spencer Sanders, Tyler Lacey, Brock Martin, Brennan Presley also down at Jerry World today. And thanks again to Elite Roofing Systems, our Big 12 Media Day coverage sponsor. Elite Roofing Systems, serving all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. In Oklahoma City, it's 405 406-1-3094 in Tulsa, 918-984-5475. Or you can find out all you need to know at EliteRoofOK.com. That's EliteRoofOK.com. Coming back here on the Home of Sooner Fans, we'll hear from Mike Gundy up next. Mike Gundy is coming here in a minute, and we'll have it for you live right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Elite Roofing Systems, for bringing us Big 12 Media Day coverage here on the Ref. They serve all of Oklahoma's roofing needs, free quotes. They're bonded and insured, affordable prices as well. In Oklahoma City, you can call Elite Roofing Systems at 405-361-3094. In Tulsa, it is 918-984-5475 or online. Check out anything you need to know about Elite Roofing at EliteRoofOK.com. That's EliteRoofOK.com. Mike Gundy again coming up in just a second. Riverwind Casino, one more opportunity for you to get outdoors and enjoy Beats and Bites 2022 with another great show, and that will be Scotty McCreary coming up Saturday night, July 30th. It's going to be a heck of a show with Scotty McCreary. Get your tickets online at riverwind.com. All right, let's get ready to uh, join Mike Gundy at the podium right now at Big 12 Media Days. This means that uh, that we're close to football, so we've got uh, a couple weeks, but I'm excited to get back out with the team. We've had a great summer. Um, guys have worked hard, like always, and um, 
it's always fun to get back out there and see uh, see where we're at and find out who we are and uh, what direction we need to go. And uh, we've all had a great summer, so I'm just looking forward to getting started in a couple weeks. If you have a question, raise your hand, and we've got one right in the front, Mike, left side. Hello, Coach Gundy. I'm Hayden Farrar. I'm with OUinsider.com of 247 Sports. Obviously, you guys had a fantastic defense last season, which finished fifth overall in total defense. How has the transition gone from Jim Knowles to Derek Mason now? And um, how are the players responding to him? And with all the super seniors gone, uh, who do you expect to step up for you for y'all's defense this season? Well, Derek has been fantastic. Um, it's been a smooth transition. He's a first-class person. Um, he understands loyalty and hard work. Uh, he has a great relationship with the players. Um, I, I became interested in him um, when I found out, uh, well, obviously I knew about his, his uh, history in being a head coach and being a coordinator, being in successful programs. And so uh, the players have rallied around him and the transition's been very smooth. Couldn't be more happier. Mike will go uh, second row right in front here. It's Alvar Richardson from Orange Bloods. Hey, coach, you know, 16 straight winning seasons for you, 11-5, obviously, in the bowl games. I think you've had maybe seven double-digit wins. I'm just curious about the secret sauce, how you've been able to maintain that long-term success, what you've been able to do. We, we don't really get out of our box much uh, at Oklahoma State. We have a culture and a philosophy and a system we believe in. Um, um, we believe in being tough. We believe in being mentally and physically tough across the board. We, we try to put our players in situations that um, game days uh, are not anything like what they've been through in practice. Uh, I've been very fortunate to, to be around some, uh, some great administrative um, support during my career. I've had just a number of young men, obviously, that have contributed a lot and given a lot to Oklahoma State University. Uh, and we have great people. Stillwater's a great place to be. It's a comfortable place to be. Um, I'm, I'm in a situation now, and we have a new administration that's been aboard for a year. We have a new president. Dr. Shrum is fantastic. Um, Chad Weiberg's the athletic director. Makes it even more comfortable than ever. Um, I'm extremely excited about our new commissioner uh, and what he brings to the table. So I think when you put all that together and you kind of understand who you are and what direction you need to go, it allows you to stay in one place a long time. Coach will go right side, about four rows back. Hey, Mike, Jenny Carlson with the Oklahoma. You're back where you guys played in the Big 12 title game. It ended right over there. I'm wondering what the residual of the end of last year was for the team, the loss here, but the win in the bowl game. And then with the defense, what's the carryover of just the way they played last year, but now the questions of new coordinators, some different players that'll be out there, especially in the secondary? So like any game, uh, when, when we when the game clock expires and the other team has more points than us, it's always difficult. Um, the stage gets bigger. You play in um, New Year's Day bowls, playing championship games. Um, anytime you're in that situation, you have one team that um, has the thrill of victory and the other team um, has disappointment. Uh, and, and it never goes away. Uh, you know, still to this day, at times when I wake up in the middle of the night, um, games such as a championship game will come across my mind, more so than even games where we had a lot of success for whatever reason. But our team is resilient, as you could see. Um, they went in and, and beat a very good Notre Dame football team uh, on the big stage. 
did it without um, our defensive coordinator, our, our defensive coaches rallied together, um, put the pieces together at halftime, and uh, played very well in the second half. And then, obviously, offensively, um, we, we turned out a bunch of points. Uh, we made plays at the end of the game. So um, our team's in great shape now. Uh, they're, they're excited about the start, as I said earlier. And um, we've got seniors. We have mature players that understand the commitment and what it takes to be successful, and they're instilling those values in our younger players. Coach, we'll go uh, left side right there. Brian? Hey, Mike. Brian Davis, Austin American Statesman. Now that you've had a full year to you have to raise the mic up a little bit, he got me. There you go. Now that you've had a full year to think about it, uh, what do folks at, in Stillwater think about Oklahoma's move to the SEC? How has that affected your recruiting with, with an SEC school uh, trying to recruit the same players you want to go after? Um, and what do you envision of the future of, the, of Bedlam going forward? Well, the, the future in Bedlam is, uh, is a year or two left. I mean, that's the future of Bedlam um, <clears throat> based on somebody else's decision. Recruiting for us hasn't really changed a lot. You know, it's interesting with, with young people now. Uh, it, I, I'm, I'm not sure. You, you, you might be able to take a poll of the top 250, 300 recruits in the country and ask them if they know for example, you could throw out um, what conference is Purdue in or what conference is um, Wake Forest in. And I would say there's about a 50% chance they might not even know what the conference is. Um, young people live in certain worlds today and um, essentially they want to know what you as a university and athletic department, as a football team and a coach can do for them. That's, that's what they're interested in. So. Other than that, our recruiting hasn't really changed since, those, since the uh, conference realignment. All right, Coach, we'll go uh, right side, then we'll go back there. You'll be second, you'll be first, then there. Cole Thompson, FanNation.com. Coach, when you look at the potential... Sorry about that. Uh, when you look at the potential of conference realignment and expansion toward the Big 12 and potentially super conferences, what makes the Big 12 a viable candidate to potentially be that next conference that adds more than just the 12 to potentially 16 and eventually maybe even 20 teams. Thank you. I don't think there's any question as this moves forward that um, the Big 12 conference is in um, tremendous position. And I said this um, after we acquired the four teams that came in, and I don't need to go through the detail of each one of them, but if you look at the geographical television opportunities that they bring to the table, uh, the number of viewers based on their location, the success they've had in football. Uh, they give us different time zones. They give us success um, and viewership. And, and ultimately, that's what it comes down to. I mean, this is um, a power struggle for um, long-term television money. And um, the Big 12 is better off today than it was at this time last year. And as I said earlier, um, I think that we have fantastic leadership. Um, we've got the right people in place. Um, I'm convinced that they'll come up with a plan, um, and the Big 12 will be here to stay for a long time. There you go. Mike Gundy uh, meeting the media in uh, Arlington at Jerry World and uh, some interesting stuff there.
uh, particularly at the end. And uh, we've already got an interesting text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Bedlam has a year or two left due to another person's decision. What a petty wiener. There's nothing worse than a petty wiener. A regular wiener, petty wiener is really, but you know what? He's right. It was another person's decision. Am I right? Yes, it was. All right, uh, let's take a quick break right here, and we'll join Parker again, get his impressions of uh, what Mike Gundy's had to say. Um, I don't necessarily agree. I don't know. Do you think he's right talking about uh, recruits? You have a 50% chance that they know what conference. I Believe me, recruits know when they're being re- recruited by uh, an SEC school and probably a Big Ten school, and probably a Big 12 school. I think they do know that. But I totally agree with what he said that with the uh, young people today, and I'm going to go yell at a cloud like an old person again during the break, but I think he's right. It is, what can you guys do for me? To an extent, it's always been about that. To an extent. But I I believe he's accurate in uh, describing that as kind of the way recruiting has gone these days. All right, we'll break right here. Also, thank you to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They're family-owned and operated, servicing the greater Oklahoma City area now for 15 years. You need AC work done, give them a call, 405-579-3113. And, of course, thanks to Elite Roofing Systems for bringing us our Big 12 Media Day coverage. We'll return more with Parker. From Jerry World when we get back here on The Ref. All right, back here with you on a Wednesday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Connor Pasby at the controls. We just played about eight minutes of Mike Gundy's uh, meeting with the media. Very short introductory statement and then questions. Parker, what did you think of Mike Gundy's assertion that recruits don't know which schools uh, uh, are in which conference these days? I mean, I would say that holds true for the most part. Do you really think that? Unless you're – well, here's the thing. You have to distinguish between the clear upper echelon of college football Yeah, if you say Vanderbilt. the rest of the field. Right. Right. Or, for, yes, for instance, take a school like, I mean, even Washington State mm-hmm. or Arizona or, heck, uh, Texas Tech. Right, like it's those types of schools where if you're a diehard college football fan and you're somebody who covers it like we do, obviously, Mike, you and I could sit here and rattle off every single team in every single Power Five conference. But ask a 15 or 16 year old kid, and they're probably not going to have as much of a handle on that yet. And so, if there isn't a school that is associated with a conference, the way that LSU and Alabama and Georgia are associated with the SEC or the way that Oregon's associated with the Pac-12 or for the way that many for many years Oklahoma and Texas have been associated with the Big 12, Ohio State and Michigan with the Big 10, etc. Yeah, I I think there's some truth in what Mike Gundy said. I think it's a little bit hyperbolized, but I don't think the truth is too far from the statement that he made. Yeah, I, I get when you initially contact a kid, maybe if you're at Wake Forest or something, yes, you mean you're at Wake Forest, okay, where's that? Okay, oh, yeah, they're in the ACC or what, you know, uh, yeah, I, I can get that. But it's also, look, everybody is always pushing their narrative, and Mike Gundy is in a conference right now that's a fledgling conference. Who knows what's going to happen? Brett, you or Mark, I, I like that hires commissioner, but we don't know what's going to happen down the road for the Big 12. I mean, we may be looking at, and look, the SEC, maybe they go to 20 teams, or they go to 22 teams. 
Maybe Oklahoma State's a part of that. I've said, and people got mad at me in the text line, Sooner fans, that I hope Oklahoma State lands in a better place. And if they could get to the SEC, I'd be all for that. But at the same time, he's got to kind of say, well, the conference doesn't mean that much to these kids right now. You know, you also got to assert that, I think, if you're Mike Gundy on a stage like that. So very interesting. There's Barry Trammell in his white suit and his white hair and his glasses. I love Barry Trammell. He's awesome. But uh, Barry is like the elder statesman now of uh, the media, and he looks the part. But I think Barry's one of the finest writers we've ever had in this state, you know, right up there with Bill Connors and uh, some of the greats that we've had in the state of Oklahoma. Um, So uh, anything else uh, from what Mike Gundy said uh, uh, catch your attention at all? Uh, I think. Not particularly other than the obvious comment that well, it's going to the last year or two of Bedlam because of somebody else's decision. Obviously a little salty there. Mm-hmm. Uh, understandably so. I, I get it, right? Like Bedlam is Oklahoma State's biggest rivalry, really their only rivalry at this point in time. So from that perspective, it does kind of sting to lose the series. Uh, but, yeah, I get that and probably his comments on recruiting and how it's impacted or not impacted uh, in some cases by realignments uh, stood out to me the most. You know, it's interesting you say that because you, you think about that. Yeah, who is Oklahoma State's rival after the Sooners depart for the SEC? For Oklahoma, you know, growing up, following the Sooners, and again, I was indoctrinated. I mean, I didn't have any choice. Born right here in Norman, my dad worshipped the ground that Bud Wilkinson walked on. Sooner fans surrounding me. But you knew the three rivals were Texas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma State. And for the Cowboys, it was always OU. So who is – do the Cowboys – are they going to have a rival? Can they develop a new rivalry uh, when this changes? Uh, it's always good to have a rival. So, yeah. Uh, let's do the one on uh, just a cheap shot by Gundy. This comes from the Air Comfort Solutions text line, by the way, 405-651-3439. It pains me as a fellow Midwest City bomber to hear Gundy not tell the whole story. OU Castiglione have been clear – that they all want the sports to continue to play each other. OSU is the school that doesn't want to continue. Well, we'll see. I I wouldn't totally kiss Bedlam goodbye in the future. Uh, We'll see. Football Bedlam, that could be tough. But I I wouldn't, uh, you know, I I wouldn't say totally goodbye to Bedlam just yet. So um, what did you think about any of the other coaches today? Dave Aranda did his cyborg thing. He did say, I thought it was interesting when he was asked about uh, Gary Bohannon moving on and Blake Chapin taking over at quarterback. He basically said, well, <laughs> we, Blake Chapin can throw the football. Gary Bohannon is very inconsistent throwing the football. So that, you know, uh, I think we all knew that. You can see it. But it was interesting, you know, for him to show that kind of candor, I think, when he was asked that question. And here's a school that, uh, again, I think everybody's talking about Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Maybe if Texas gets their act together, how many how many times do we say that? You know, every year maybe they could possibly compete for the conference championship. Major question marks there. I'd put about three question marks behind that. But what about Kansas State as a sleeper? I love Chris Kleiman. Uh, he's got Adrian Martinez at quarterback now. And they're recruiting very well also, Parker. What do you think about what's going on with K-State and uh, what kind of challenge they'll present this year? 
I think there's reason to believe that this Kansas State team could push for double-digit wins. There's a lot of talent on that roster, both offensively and defensively. Mike, this could be the most talented team Kansas State has fielded in a decade since they had that outstanding 2012 season, uh, a season in which at one point they were the number one team in the nation. So I think the ceiling for Kansas State is very, very high. The question becomes, can they break through in a conference that is deep at the top? And, you know, in years past, the Big 12 has been top-heavy. Right? It's Oklahoma, one or two other teams, and then everybody else in middling territory or uh, at best flirting with bowl game qualification. That's not the case this year. Like, I would say that there are six or seven teams in the Big 12 that are probably going to be bowl-eligible teams in 2022. So can Kansas State survive the inevitable attrition in the Big 12? That is the question in my mind. I think at minimum this team wins eight games. The ceiling is significantly higher than that. They can go and play in a Big 12 championship game. They've got that caliber of roster so much rides on the shoulders of Adrian Martinez because that offense will go as he goes. So if he's able to take a quantum step up from the caliber of play that he displayed at Nebraska and he comes into his own in the Kansas State offense, yeah, this team could excite some people in 2022. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They have South Dakota to start the season. They have Missouri in week two there in Manhattan, and then they play Tulane at home. They will play in Norman uh, Saturday, September 24th, when they begin conference play. But South Dakota, Missouri, and Tulane all at home in the non-con for K-State. All right, break time. Thank you to Elite Roofing Systems for providing our Big 12 Media Day coverage. 405 361 3094 in Oklahoma City, 918-984-5475 in Tulsa. Another hour to go. Keep it right here on The Ref. All right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Good to have you with us. Hour number two. I'm just laughing at some of the texts coming in. We'll get to it here in a minute. We'll get to them here in a minute. Uh, thank you to our Hour 2 sponsor, the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Pauls Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle, car, truck, SUV. They've got a great selection, a great sales team, and great service after the sale. And that guarantee, it's solid. Oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you also all of our big 12 media day coverage being brought to you by our friends at elite roofing Systems, serving all of oklahoma's roofing needs locally owned and operated they're headquartered uh, in norman and tulsa and serving customers in greater oklahoma city uh the area of oklahoma city of course now since 2010 free quotes they're bonded and insured affordable prices 405-361-3094 in oklahoma city in Tulsa, it's 918-984-5475, EliteRoofOK.com. Okay, uh, for Oklahoma again, Brent Venables will be on the podium tomorrow. He'll be first up when the Sooners uh, hit Big 12 Media Days at Jerry World tomorrow. 10.35 tomorrow morning for Brent. He'll be accompanied by Dylan Gabriel, Woody Washington, Marvin Mims, and Ethan Downs. Okay, Parker, for the Sooners to win the Big 12, they'll have to fill in the blank. Oh boy, that's a tough one because there's a lot of Now, I know we're going to get answers. we're going to get one on the text line, win all our games, fool, or something like that, but <laughs> I want you to elaborate. I think 
in order to win the Big 12 more than anything else, and this is going to sound like a cliche answer, but it's so pivotal, they have to have a solid season-long consistent performance from Dylan Gabriel at the quarterback position. Because I really do believe that, and no shock, right, he's the quarterback, but he's going to be the one that has the biggest impact on how this offense performs as a whole. Because he's the trigger man in an offense that's going to be moving at a blinding pace. We know that the defense is going to be more than adequate. It's Brent Venables. How can the defense not be more than adequate? So, to me, there are no ostensible question marks on the defensive side of the football as i've mentioned my biggest concern is probably the secondary i need to see how things shake out on the back end there but offensively man if this offense is as capable of moving the ball down the field and scoring efficiently as they were in 2017 and 2018 i know that's a tall ask but i don't think it's an impossible ask if we can see that type of offensive efficiency from oklahoma you combine that with the vastly improved defense that you will have under brent venables that's not just a team that'll win the big 12 mike that's a team that'll go to the college football playoff all right let's talk about uh you mentioned dylan gabriel and obviously he was very good at ucf his numbers were really good this is a little bit of a step up obviously it's not like going from high school to college but it's a little bit of a step up uh for dylan gabriel but Let's let's say obviously you look at playmakers on the offensive side of the football. You got to start with Dylan Gabriel, and you throw Marvin Mims out there. Give me three other playmakers you think that are going to emerge this year on the offensive side of the ball besides Dylan Gabriel and Marvin Mims. If you had to take a guess at who's the first name I'm going to mention is Mike. Who do you think? Javante Barnes. Javante freaking Barnes. That dude is going to be a superstar. And I don't know how much run he gets. I don't know how many snaps he gets as a true freshman. But down the line, man, that's a guy that has All-American potential. And so in year one, I do expect that Javante Barnes will get rotational action in the backfield if he doesn't emerge as the clear-cut number one guy. Uh, I think he has the potential to make a world of difference in this Oklahoma rushing attack because of his style of play. He is one of the most dominant runners in that entire 2022 signing class. I thought he was the best back in the cycle, if I'm being completely honest. And I thought that long before he ever committed to and signed with the University of Oklahoma. So Javante Barnes is A1 for me. You know who I really, really like? And he's a new guy. And he's a guy that hasn't been talked about a lot, probably because he's so new. But... You turn on the tape and see what J.J. Hester did in high school and in his brief tenure at the University of Missouri. That guy's got the opportunity to be a key difference maker in the Oklahoma offense and in the passing attack in 2022. Again, he's going to be somewhat behind the curve just because everybody else has been in the offense, been learning the offense, been learning the playbook longer than him. But, you know, one of the things that – uh, Teddy Lehman and I talked about a few weeks ago on the rush. Teddy brought up uh, this very thing uh, with J.J. Hester. Look, when you're a wide receiver, all you're doing is running routes. So you don't face as steep of a learning curve learning the playbook as an offensive lineman would or a quarterback would or even a running back would. So uh, it's going to be pretty easy, comparatively speaking, for J.J. Hester to get his feet underneath him uh, and to get up to speed in that Oklahoma offense. I think he's the type of guy that can emerge, especially in the latter half of the season, 
as a key weapon in the passing game, kind of what we saw from Marvin Mims in 2020. Right? Marvin Mims made some key plays towards the front half of the season. He had three touchdown catches over his first two collegiate games, but the second half of that 2020 season was really where he came into his own. I think we could see something similar with J.J. Hester. Now, uh, okay, I picked a running back. I picked a wide receiver. I kind of feel obligated to pick a tight end then, and I I know a lot of people are going to figure I'm going to say uh, I'm going to go with my Nebraska boy here in Caden Helms, but I am actually really, really excited to see what role Braden Willis will have in this offense because he is so physically impressive. Uh, he is a guy that will be an NFL football player one day. Uh, he will be an NFL draft pick by this time next year. But he has been somewhat underutilized. A lot of it has to do with the presence of Austin Stogner and before that the presence of Lee Morris uh, in that Oklahoma offensive attack. But, man, Braden Willis has a skill set that can make him one of the most dominant tight ends in the entire collegiate game. Oklahoma is one of the very few offenses that still prominently features the tight end. And so depending on how much Jeff Lebby wants to utilize the tight end in his offense, I think there's a chance that Braden Willis could contend for the team lead in catches. I don't think that's an outlandish assertion. Now, what makes him so valuable to this offense and why I think the ceiling is so high for him in 2022 is that he's extremely position and scheme versatile. Uh, He can line up at H-back in the backfield. Uh, He can line up in a three-point stance. Uh, he can line up on the line or he can split out wide. He can play the slot. There's so much that he can do. And when he, when you have a guy like that who has the ability to line up anywhere on the football field and also has the size and the ball skills that Braden Willis has, it's only a matter of time before he makes a big play for your offense. And I think we're going to get used to seeing Braden Willis make big plays for this offense in 2022. I really do think that this is a coming out party in the works for him. There you go, Javante Barnes, J.J. Hester, and Braden Willis. Uh, Theo Weiss, I, I still think Theo Weiss is going to have uh, uh, I don't, good that, I, I wouldn't quantify that as a breakout. Yeah, though. I guess That's you're right. I guess you're right. Okay, We've seen uh, it from him. Still feeling good that tomorrow uh, all those suitors are going to be down there. Dylan Gabriel, Woody Washington, Marvin Mims, and Ethan Downs, along with obviously Brent Vittables, who's presser uh, tomorrow, or his uh, time in the podium begins tomorrow at 1035 down at Jerry World in Arlington. Uh, and then good news coming in the later later tomorrow also. You still think Dalen Smothers is, is a done deal for Oklahoma? I much? think Dalen Smothers will be a Sooner. And what time is that happening tomorrow? Do we know? I believe that's 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 Central, if my memory, memory serves me correctly. There you go. There you go. And that would be huge for Oklahoma. The Sooners expected to get a commit uh, tomorrow from four-star running back Dalen Smothers out of Charlotte, North Carolina. All right. Parker is uh, in Arlington at Big 12 Media Days where day one is wrapping up. We did hear from Mike Gundy uh, last hour. And uh, Brent Venables, again, his time on the podium tomorrow is at 1035 in the morning. We want to thank our sponsor, Elite Roofing Systems, for helping us provide Big 12 Media Day coverage. Elite roofok.com if you need uh, work done they are bonded and insured they'll give you a free quote affordable prices call them up in Oklahoma City at 405-361-3094 or in Tulsa 
918-984-5475. All right. Uh, we are going to go directly to the Air Comfort Solutions text line here in just a few minutes. We'll take a quick break. Uh, more uh, from Baker Mayfield and his presser yesterday. And the Open Championship begins tomorrow morning, very early. Tiger, 9 a.m. tomorrow, Oklahoma time, with Max Homa and Matthew Fitzpatrick. We'll hear what Tiger said when he was asked, are you about ready to retire? We'll see what the GOAT had to say coming up in a little bit as well. Keep it here on The Ref. Back with you here on a Wednesday edition of Steel Man and Thune at noon. Here on the Home for Sooner Fans, The Ref Radio Network. You know who likes to go fishing? Big time fishing expeditions, Mule Shoe. But you don't have to go with Mule Shoe. You can win your own trip to the Florida Keys. A fishing getaway in Riverwind Casino's brand new promotion for July, Casting for Cash. You can win uh, a trip to the Florida Keys for a big fishing uh, vacation. In fact, you could be one of five, the top five players who earn the highest number of points on uh, specific e-game machines. Now through July 30th, they're going to win a trip to the Florida Keys with a fishing trip guided by experts that's valued at $5,500, right around $5,500. Plus, you're going to get $2,000 in bonus play and $1,000 in cash. Uh, Casting for Cash hot seats are happening on Tuesdays from 6 to 8.30 p.m. and Saturdays from 12 until 5, from noon until 5. So get out there, play on those specific e-game machines. They'll point you in the right direction. The machines you need to play on out at Riverwind and get involved in Casting for Cash, and you could win a big trip, a big fishing getaway to the Florida Keys. And again, not just one, not two, not three. Not four. I know I sound like LeBron back with the Miami Heat, but uh, we're talking about five. The top five players who earn the highest number of points on those specific e-game machines will all win a trip to the Florida Keys in a big fishing getaway. That is awesome from our friends at Riverwind.com. Uh, you want to get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line, Parker? Let's go right ahead. Uh, I don't have it in front of I've me, so we may, need, we're ready. we may need to enlist – Okay, what do we got? Uh, speaking of Dylan Gabriel, uh, did you know that Dylan Gabriel hasn't played in front of a crowd of over 50,000 during the regular season? Could that be a problem in Lincoln? That's from the 405. What do you think? Well, I'll tell you where it won't be a problem. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess they don't go to Lawrence this year, so I can't even make that joke. Dang it, undermined. Uh, I, I don't know that it'll be a problem. Now, at a certain at a certain point, all crowds kind of sound the same, and I don't know. I don't necessarily. Obviously, you go to a place like Death Valley, or you go to Autzen Stadium, or you go to the Swamp. It's a different type of environment. But when, when you're talking about the difference between fifty thousand people and seventy thousand people, unless you're in one of those iconic college football venues where the crowd is notoriously tough. I'm not convinced it's going to be that much of a difference uh, for Dylan Gabriel. It it all depends on how fervent that Nebraska crowd is on that day. And I do think they're going to bring their A game because it's the biggest non-conference home game that they've had in quite some time. So I, I will be curious to see how Dylan Gabriel responds in that environment. I think that'll be crowd wise, the second toughest game of the year, obviously uh, besides the cotton bowl in the uh the second weekend of october 
but as far as that Nebraska game is concerned, uh, it's going to test everybody's medal, not just Dylan Gabriel's, because it's going to be the first road game of the year mm-hmm. yep. under Brent Venables. And uh, it's going to – you've got to go to a hostile environment against a team and a quarterback in Casey Thompson that is going to want worse than anything to beat you on their home turf. There you go. And uh, that's going to be the real uh, litmus test early for Oklahoma to see where this program is because they have UTEP and Kent State back-to-back, you know, the first two Saturdays in September. Then they go to Lincoln for a rooster kickoff on Fox against the Huskers. The road environments for Dylan Gabriel will be in Lincoln, in Fort Worth, Ames, Iowa, uh, obviously Texas will be, you know, some, you know, it's going to be obviously neutral, but that place is going to be crazy. And then you have to go to Morgantown and to freaking Lubbock, jeez, uh, at the end of the regular season. But we'll see. We shall see how it works out. That game in, at Nebraska, like I said, man, that is the biggest game for Scott Frost ever. He, you know, he took a salary cut. Uh, Trev Alberts kept him, you know, gave him, uh, you know, took him off the respirator and put him. Uh, you know, but he's still kind of in intensive care there, the way I look at it. He's got to win, and he needs a signature victory, and a victory over Oklahoma Saturday, September 17th would be a huge uh, feather in his cap moving forward. I can't just believe I said feather in his cap. Okay, cliches for the day. That's two. One, two. Never say feather in his cap again. All right, uh, let's get back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, the Aggie butthurt is epic. Why can't you play OU as a non-conference game? The city of Stillwater, OSU Athletics, never has the economic impact it has on a Saturday in the fall like it when it, Bedlam football happens. Aggie Athletics Administration is dumber than they thought. They allow their ignorance and butthurts to end that game regardless of conference affiliation. Aggie butthurt is, uh, that is, you know, you, you don't want that. Yeah, you need antibiotics and probably, you know, some other medications to get rid of that. I don't know. If I'm Oklahoma State, I look, man, you've been an OU shadow in football for a long time. And, yes, you've had a victories here and there. And, of course, that – 1945 National Championship, LOL. But, um, you know, do you think that there would be a part of my gun he's like, yeah, that would be great not to play Oklahoma, man. Because, again, you have been living in the shadow of the OU football monster forever. And I know Oklahoma State's had, you know, great success in, in other sports, no doubt, won a ton of national championships. But – Getting away from the Oklahoma football monster is not that bad of a thing for Oklahoma State. What do you think, Parker? It's it, There's give and take there, Mike, as there is with anything, right? Because on the one hand, Oklahoma State loses its one legitimate rival. And that hurts because you like having that type of environment once a year. It's the one game that you know you're going to sell out, that your fans are going to get up for. Uh, especially when you get it at home, man, it's an environment that you can't replicate against a team like Texas Tech or Baylor or Kansas State. Right? There's just something about Bedlam, even if you're on the Oklahoma State end of it and you're quite honestly historically not accustomed to winning that game, it is a big draw and it is a big revenue driver for your institution. But at the same time, there is some 
credence to the notion that, okay, well, it's going to be one less loss that you can basically pencil in on your schedule every single year, 2021 notwithstanding, obviously. Uh, but that's going to provide you the opportunity to I, I, to find a new rival, I guess. How, how plausible is that? How many other schools are there, mm. Mike, where you see the – where you see the plausibility of an actual rivalry between Oklahoma State and XYZ, maybe other Baylor. It's I mean, gonna, you know, yeah, after because to me they're they're in the best position. They're poised in the best position, and and Cincinnati once you know they arrive, maybe is in that mix. But Dave Aranda versus Mike Gundy. You had the you know the championship game last year, which the Cowboys are literally literally inches away from winning. So maybe Baylor, I don't know. I'm not sitting here telling everybody that I want to see Bedlam end. I would love to see Bedlam continue in football somehow, some way. I'm just saying from an Oklahoma State perspective, uh, not having to deal with Oklahoma every year. Now, the problem is you've got to do it from a different conference that could be. We, we may be headed, depending on what happens and how much expansion we're talking about, Parker, if the SEC sticks at 16 for a while, or if they go to 20 and the, and the Big Ten goes to 20, maybe Oklahoma State has a seat in the SEC down the road. I don't know. But if you don't and you're looking at the SEC and the Big Ten becoming like the American and National League and the other conferences becoming like AAA – then that's not good for Oklahoma State. So we'll see how it plays out. But maybe Baylor would be the uh, that rival. What do you think? I, I don't know. Any way you slice it, I think the new horizons naturally bring some, some intrigue, some excitement, something that you can look forward to. You don't really know what's next, but you're just excited to figure out what's next. I think it does hurt more than it helps, though, to lose your chief rival in the University of Oklahoma. I, I don't know what that picture looks like for Oklahoma State uh, in the years to come. They may end up in a situation kind of like Missouri's in right now where they don't really have a legitimate rivalry series anymore because the series with Kansas is now dormant and the series with Oklahoma is now dormant. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's crazy, but uh, – and again, I'm saying for Oklahoma State and the other sports, uh, but but football – and again, I think Mike Gundy overall has done a fantastic job. Obviously, when they upgraded the facilities in Stillwater, which is still really good with the Boone Pickens money, that was huge for Oklahoma State. But overall, the job that Mike Gundy's done at Oklahoma State has been pretty darn good. I mean, really good. And I know – I've always said you can't judge a, an Oklahoma State football coach by his record against OU that harshly because you're going to be an underdog just about every year. But Mike Gundy, they won last year. I know he's only got, what, now three victories against OU. But he's done a fantastic job. But it, it nothing that, you know, they could try and generate as a rivalry would come near Bedlam. There is no question about it. I, I'm just uh, interested to see what's going to happen how big these conferences are going to get and where the Cowboys eventually land. And I said, you know, if there's, if it goes to 20 or 24 in each conference, maybe down the road, then Oklahoma State to me would be a, a good fit for the SEC. Um, you know, uh, and a bunch of people, OU fans obviously got mad at me on the uh, text line, but then you'd still get Bedlam. And uh, I think that would be great. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon for the Cowboys. We'll see what happens in the Big 12. I do like, Brett, your mark, what I heard today. I think they needed to go in a different direction, a uh, 
you know, uh, Bob Bowlesby kind of represents the old school, you know, and I think you are, Mike, particularly when you, you've worked with Jay-Z at Rock Nation. Obviously, he's got some good promotional ideas, and I'll, I think he'll be thinking ahead and not looking back at all. Um, okay. Kind of crappy that Nebraska only allotted 3,000 tickets when OU allotted Nebraska twice as many last year. Hmm. Yeah, I saw people getting frustrated on Twitter about that. At, at the end of the day, look, Nebraska's doing what they can in order to preserve a home field advantage. Mm-hmm. I, I, I understand it. Does it suck if you're an Oklahoma fan and you wanted to make that trip and now you're out of luck because there were only so many tickets allotted? Sure, I get that. From an Oklahoma fan's perspective, not the greatest deal. But... If you're a Nebraska fan, especially if you're a Nebraska administrator, man, this is the type of game that could be program-defining. This could be the defining game of the Scott Frost era if, by some minor miracle, Nebraska wins that game on September 17th. That is a landmark victory. That is a victory that you can build upon mm-hmm. as a program yeah. going forward and start to generate some momentum. So you're going to do every little thing you can to gain the upper hand, even if that means limiting the opposing team's ticket allotment for the fan base to 3,000 tickets. I get it. I, you don't have to love it, but you do have to understand it. Yeah, like I said, for Scott Frost, man, he needs a signature victory, and they played some teams pretty darn tough last year that uh, they weren't able to win those games. Ohio State had uh, you know, a problem in Lincoln. They, they were right there with Michigan and other teams, and, but he needs a, a big victory and i'm sure they are pointing so uh you know so so much uh towards that game on september 17th that's going to be an incredible atmosphere and uh the first huge challenge i think and and again i think the sooner roster is a lot better on a neutral field you probably wouldn't worry about it a whole lot but when you have to go to lincoln and you're in that situation you got a coach fighting for his uh, football life there in Lincoln, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge for Oklahoma. All right, we got a break right here. We want to thank the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley, Exit Seventy Two, for a great deal, great selection. By the way, they're out trying to get as many vehicles as they can. They're doing a great job of doing that. Cars, trucks, SUVs, and again, that great guarantee after the sale of oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. And a shout out again to Elite Roofing Systems. Bringing us Big 12 Media Day coverage. We're done with day one. Day two featuring the Sooners tomorrow. Longhorns will be there as well. Thank you, Elite Roofing Systems. 918-984-5475 in Tulsa. 405-361-3094 in Oklahoma City. Or online at EliteRoofOK.com. Home of Sooner fans, Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Connor Pasby running the show. We're coming right back. Home of Sooner fans on a Wednesday, the Ref Radio Network. Hope your Wednesday's going well. Mike Steely here inside the Brown O'Haber Studios along with uh, Connor Pasby running the show for us. 
Parker in Arlington at Jerry World covering Big 12 Media Days presented here on the ref by our friends at Elite Roofing Systems. Again, free quotes. They are bonded and insured, affordable prices. They're locally owned and operated, headquartered in Norman and in Tulsa and serving customers in the greater Oklahoma City area since 2010. 405 361 3094 in Oklahoma City, 918-984-5475 in Tulsa, or online at EliteRoofOK.com. Tomorrow's, obviously, the day that Brent Venables and the Sooners are going to be there. We're going to see Sark and uh, the Longhorns. Uh, What do you think the the main questions are going to be? Will it be about one of the Sooners departing, one of the Longhorns departing. What do you expect uh, OU in Texas, uh, both Brent Venables, Sark, and the players to get questioned about most with the uh, media tomorrow? Well, you know, there will be somebody that asks the SEC question. It's inevitable. It'll get thrown Venables' way. It'll get thrown Sarkeesian's way. I expect for the most part, though, uh, that the focus is going to remain on the field with both of those two programs because – Texas, with especially with the addition of Quinn Ewers, has so much talent heading into the 2022 season, and now the obvious question becomes, what can they do with that much talent? Uh, what can they do now that they have ostensibly their most talented football team in years? For Oklahoma, the question, I, I imagine the questions for Brent Venables are going to be something along the lines of, uh, how are you settling into the new job? Do you enjoy being back at Oklahoma? Uh, does it feel like a full circle type of thing? You know, the, the boilerplate type of stuff that you'll get from the national media. I imagine the local guys in attendance, the OU beat writers, will uh, orient their questions more towards specific players and position groups. I, I don't think the conversation gets dominated by SEC questions, though, especially given the setting here at Big 12 media days. How much would it take uh, for me to offer you, uh, for you to ask uh, Sark about Gia the monkey? Oh, Mike, I, 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 I mean, you'd be, you'd be risking your professional reputation. Would I? Maybe. I mean, it, it depends on if you ask him if he's at the podium I can disguise myself. Well, yeah, maybe you could do that. Could you get one of those old Groucho Marx uh, disguises or whatever and do that? Do you feel like the uh, the people that want the microphone at the press conferences are the biggest ego people, or do they just really want to ask a question that bad? I, I don't know. It's it's more just about people wanting to ask questions, okay, I just, think. Uh, but, hey, I, I'll tell you what. Uh, make me an offer, Mike. Much like the pull assassin, I'll do anything for the right price. Man, I'm thinking twenty bucks for you to ask about Gia the monkey. That's way too low, man. I would have thought at least a C note for that. <laughs> I mean, if you want to give me a C note, I'll take it. But there's a, here's the th- here's the thing about the OU in Texas availability sessions at Big Twelve Media Days as well. There's always so much more demand to ask those two head coaches questions than there are than there is for literally anybody else. So I guarantee you, like at towards the end of Lance Leipold's time earlier today, towards the end of Neil Brown's time, there just weren't any questions left. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. they yielded the remainder of their time and went off to do radio interviews, et cetera. That's never the case with the head coach at Oklahoma and the head coach at the University of Texas. Because those beats are so large and because there is so much public interest in those two football programs, there will be people, there will be plenty of people that don't get to ask their questions. 
So uh, there's no guarantee that I even get called upon to ask a question to Sark. Well, and the thing is, uh, from the 918 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. By the way, you guys can always, you want to go really old school, man. If you want to go old school, you can always call us on the uh, – Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000. We usually get our guests on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, we've been guest-free for the past couple days, but you could always, you know, if you really want to call, you can call. Riverwind Casino Hotline, 405-329-9000. The 918 says only time for one question with BB. That that could be a possibility. Brent will, Brent will uh, answer some questions uh, in long form. There is no doubt about it. And, but the thing is, they're usually pretty good answers. They just take a while, right? There's always a lesson with each answer, which is kind of good. Uh, the other day, I forgot to read this, one guy said, Man, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to not having to hear this year is Alex Grinch's stuttering press conferences. Now, that's a little bit harsh. But Alex Grinch, man, he could get on a roll, too. He could get on a roll, man, and he'd be on one subject and flip to another and then back to the other subject. It, uh, those could go around in circles a little bit, right, with Alex Grinch? Yeah, it was always an, advance, an adventure whenever he was on the stand because uh, he'd, it, it's kind of like that Michael Scott quote from The Office. Sometimes I'll start a sentence and I don't even know where it's going. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of how it felt with Alex yeah. Grinch, right? You'd ask There's him a no question. There's no Google Maps by there. The, yeah, and by the end of it, you don't even remember what the original question was nor how Alex Grinch got to the topic that he's currently talking about by the end of his spiel. So, I think uh, Alex uh, Grinch's was, uh, uh, sound bites, Parker, were the hardest ever to edit that I've ever – because there were there was hardly a pause uh-huh. too. You would like, oh my gosh, there's no way to stop this. And then you would have to like barely, you know, click on the very, where you perceive to be the end. And the the next word was so close, they were all bunched together that you try and fade it out. It was just very difficult to edit an Alex Grinch press conference because it was it was a nonstop flow, man. It just like like we said, there was no real roadmap. It was just it could go anywhere. Um, no doubt about it. I, I kind of miss, you know, Mule Shoe's uh, time at the podium. I always thought it was kind of, you know, didn't you? I mean, I, I'm not saying there was absolutely nothing there. And I think Mule Shoe's a pretty bright guy, actually, a very devious bright guy. But I don't know. Like, Bob Stoops' pressers always like, because occasionally they'd get a little bit combative. Hey, I thought it was a stupid question then. Think it's a stupid question now, you know. Um, but uh, Brent's press conferences will will not be boring. There could be a lot of long-winded answers, and you might only get a few questions in, but uh, they're going to be pretty filled with passion and energy. I think that's for sure. Yeah, that's about all you can ask for, right? You'll, you'll take a three-question presser from Brent Venables because you, you know you're going to get a million quotables out of it. By the way, uh, we did get a Jenny Carlson question earlier directed to Mike Gundy. You could, you could feel the tension in the room. That was probably the most compelling moment of the morning. We, yeah, I did see that. A question I, I to a head that. coach. Yeah, it's, uh, that, was, that started the whole, I'm a man, I'm 40. You know, my favorite part of that whole story again, and most people – Know it now, but I remember because when I was at another station, we played the audio. Justin Bieber went on, I think it was like Ryan Seacrest show, a radio show out in L.A. a long time ago. 
And he was answering a question, and Justin Bieber, when he was, I don't know, maybe 13 or something, uh, his phone went off, and it was Mike Gundy. I'm a man. I'm 40. You know, and he's like, wait a minute. Mike Gundy's your ringtone? He goes, yeah. And he's laughing about it. So Justin Bieber's ringtone was Mike Gundy. And Gundy was great, though, because he showed up at, like, his next press conference and obviously had somebody call his cell phone because he had a Justin Bieber song. But that to me was probably the coolest part that, that, that video was so prevalent and went so viral that it actually a snippet of that Mike Gundy tirade was actually Justin Bieber's ringtone back in the day. How about that? Huh? How about that's that? kind of a bizarre story because he would have been what like fifteen at the time. Yeah, he was for really young. So he young. definitely wasn't forty. Yeah, he. Uh, you could find that somewhere on YouTube if you probably just put in Justin Bieber, Mike Gundy ringtone. I'm sure it's still out there somewhere. Okay, let's break right here. You're right. Mule Shoe was boring. He had the personality of a flat tire. Someone help me! I have a flat tire. Which happened to me Sunday and cost me a round of golf and. Uh, Hours of humiliation and my man card, as you probably heard on Monday. All right, we're going to break and uh, come back. Some final notes. Tiger, are you? is this it for you at the old course starting tomorrow? There's some rumors out there. We'll hear what he had to say. And I think we have time to hear from uh, Baker real quick from yesterday as well. Keep it here on the ref. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Connor Pasby running the show for us. I'm here in the, uh, I am here, ladies and gentlemen, right here in the studio. We got Parker in Arlington. I'm in the Brown O'Haver Studios and uh, in Arlington at Big 12 Media Days. And uh, once again, we want to thank Elite Roofing Systems for our Big 12 Media Day coverage. Elite Roofing Systems, serving all of Oklahoma's roofing needs. Free quotes, they're bonded and insured affordable pricing. Find out more information at EliteRoofOK.com. All right, I talked about this the other day, Parker. There, there were rumors out there circling that, man, Tiger is back. You know, he didn't play uh, in the U.S. Open. We saw him, you know, he... Uh, Pardon me, uh, you know, you make the cut, but he struggled on that Saturday at the PGA, and we could tell he was having some problems getting around. Uh, and there was some thought out there since Tiger uh, has already won three Claire Jugs. He's going back to the home of golf, St. Andrews, the old course where he's won three times. That maybe, you know, they're also honoring Jack there, Tiger and Rory. Hang on. Wow. Major cough effort there for a second anyway that maybe uh like he would take his picture uh, on the swilkin bridge waving goodbye and that would be that would be it for tiger his last competitive tournament tiger was asked about that yesterday said he's not putting away the clubs just yet who me retire no <laughs> no 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 uh, i'm not 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 retiring um am i not playing a full schedule yes uh, that's I, i've told you guys that many times um I'm, that's just my my reality. It, I, I don't like it, but I just have to accept it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, as far as retiring, and no. Um, but you know, this may be you know my my last chance that I'll be playing at St Andrews with a chance mm-hmm. to compete at the highest level. Um, if it comes around in 
what, five, six, seven, eight years time, whatever the time frame is. Who knows if, uh, you know, I'll, to, I will be playing the game of golf at this level. I don't know. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I appreciate every, every single moment, especially coming back here. And with regards to winning here on Sunday? Uh, I need to get myself into that position and, uh, and making sure, as I said, doing, doing all my homework, making sure I'm doing all the things I need to do to make sure that um, I put myself in there with a shot on going in that back nine on Sunday. And that's, that's my responsibility, and hopefully I can do it. There you go. So Tiger is not going to retire, not yet anyway. And uh, be interesting to see what happens. Tiger, obviously a long shot, even though he loves that course, won there twice. Uh, Rory, John Rahm, you know, the usual suspects, Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, who's been red hot, won back-to-back tournaments, Colin Morikawa, defending champion. Matthew Fitzpatrick has been a good player for a long time, but he finally has a major under his belt now, and that helps. Dustin Johnson. Um, Cameron Smith is a guy who you would think eventually could win a major. Maybe it would be this one at St. Andrews. Which, uh, did you like old Tom Morris better or young Tom Morris, Parker? Old or, or new or young? Tom Morris? <laughs> is this a name I should know? Yeah. <laughs> They're like the big guns way back when at St. Andrews. And you should Google a picture, one of the great golf pictures of all time, old Tom Morris, young Tom Morris. And you'll see them. And they were real. They they both won uh, okay. many Claire Jugs. Uh, young Tom Morris got sick and died at like 27 or something. Uh, but yeah, Google that picture up. It's it's uh, it's an interesting golf photo. And you talk about the home of golf. That would be a fun trip though to Scotland, man. Don't you think? I mean, that course is right there, right around the city. Uh, and you know, you could have some, uh, some Guinness there. I'm sure if you like a good Guinness, I'm sure they have plenty there at St. Andrews, but that is a trip I have not been able to make. Um, that would be a bucket list. Like two places I'd like to go would be St. Andrews and Wimbledon. And then I'd feel good. That would be it. Any, uh, what would like your top two bucket list items be sports wise? That you haven't been to. I mean, yet. Augusta National and the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. It's got to be it for me. We we can get you to Augusta. Might even be able to get you in Berkman's place. Again, like, now again, Mike. I I told this story you yesterday. You got a hookup, yeah. right? Possible. I, I, I apparently apparently I have a connection because uh, one of my old college roommates is getting married next month in the state of Georgia. Not far from Augusta National. And my other buddy, we're on the bachelor party, and he volunteers the information that, hey, I, I, I got us a, uh, a connection that might be able to get us on the course at Augusta, and we could play around. And I said, great, let's do it. He said, oh, I don't know if I want to leverage that connection yet. It's, you know, I, maybe I'll need to call in a favor down the line. I just don't really want to, uh, I don't really want to work that angle right now. And I said, then why did you bring it up? Why would you momentarily you, give me yeah, a fleeting hope you can't do that, that I could play Augusta National before dashing it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to make sure, though, that you keep that uh, keep that relationship going because you need oh, to will. cash that in later down the road. There's no doubt about oh, it. Oh, I will. Make do. no mistake. 
make no mistake, uh, that individual will be one of the groomsmen in my wedding as well, and I might have to personally see to it that my bachelor party is held in Augusta, Georgia. There you go. Now, that would be awesome. All right, we're out of time. By the way, Locked In is coming up next. Tyler McComas and Parker, and guess what? A lot of Sooner recruiting, a lot of Sooner football. Again, tomorrow expected uh, that Dalen Smothers, the four-star running back, from North Carolina will commit to Oklahoma tomorrow. That would put the Sooners in the top ten nationally on 247. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Locked in coming up next.